Future Hacker Life Path Future. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Future Hacker. I'm your host, Maria Taigi, and today our podcast will be different from what you're used to. It's March 2022. And with all the technologies, innovations, knowledge we've been sharing with you, seeing the decision of physically invading another country to fight for power by killing people, by killing children, it's at the very least outrageous to us. As questioned by Yuval Noah Harari on this beautiful piece published by The Economist, is change possible? Can humans change the way they behave? Or does history repeat itself endlessly, with humans forever condemned to reenact past tragedies without changing anything except the decor? This is not only about Ukraine versus Russia, Russia versus Ukraine. It's about the future of humanity. For us at Future Hacker, it's just too hard to simply stay as observers while we watch this movement which we believe no rationale could ever justify, and that goes completely against our main motivations, which are discussing conscious expansion, inclusion, sustainability, and how to evolve as humans to a better future. To begin this discussion, we invited Oksana so she could give you the insider's view of an Ukrainian. She's still in Ukraine, actually, and she's working as a volunteer. She's going to tell us everything about it. She could give us some great perspectives about what's going on, the challenges, and how could we be helping each other? How could each one of us do our part? Hi, Oksana. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I really appreciate. Hello, Maria. Thank you for inviting me on this podcast. And hello to everyone, to every listeners who are with us today. So my name is Oksana. I am Ukrainian. I was born and raised in Western Ukraine in a small city located near Lviv, which is in Lviv region. Just to orient you a little bit, Lviv region have a common border with Poland. And it is around one hour of ride from my hometown. So right now, today, I'm living and working in Lviv, so the city center. Lviv is the largest city in Western Ukraine and one of the main culture center of Ukraine. So because we are on the West, we have like more this culture feeling than people on the East. So we, we have this kind of difference. Today, I'm working in the Ukrainian software development company called LinkUp Studio. I am the director of the sales and marketing department, and my main responsibility is to build business relationship with international clients who are looking for quality development and design services. And as Maria told, uh, as you know, at the moment, right now, Ukraine is involved in a full-scale unjustified war that was imposed by our neighboring country, Russia. I am, my family, and all our teammates are lucky that we are living in the west of Ukraine, near Poland, as all the worst military actions are unfolding in the east and in the center of Ukraine. So from the real danger we have on our region in Lviv, on the west, so we have just two real dangers right now. 
So the first one is Russian saboteurs who may be preparing some terrorist acts on the city infrastructure and working as information center for Russian army, gathering some critical data. And to fight saboteurs, we have the police, territorial defense, which are not successfully doing their job and do not allow saboteurs to create a real danger in the city. And the second thing, it is Russian rockets that can hit actually anywhere. As we have seen, Russian military do not care much about what to hit. So unfortunately, they hit civil homes, kindergartens, schools and hospitals. So every day we have an air alarm and during which we have to go down to basement and bomb shelters. So to finish my introduction, actually, why I have told you all of that, just to explain that we are lucky, me, my family and our team members, that we are on the west of Ukraine, where we only what we have is saboteurs and rockets. They are not very often, so it is not such scarce than city which are every day are heated. That is why we can talk, you know, and uh, I'm here today. And so how's your routine? Because as I understand, you're still working and then you're working as a volunteer as well to help the way you can. So I'm curious. I'm so glad that you and your family are safe. And But how, how is it living with that? Because, you know, even being so far from it and going through my LinkedIn, things just, they, they don't make sense when you start reading regular business, right? With all of that going on. And you're, so you're still working and you're using the time you have as well to help. I'm also curious about the type of help that you're being able to address, you know, the type of demands that your volunteer can we cover that. So talking about my daily routine, I can divide three main things. So the first thing, it is for sure helping and supporting others, which we can call like volunteering. Second thing, it is my regular job, which I am still doing. And I'm glad that I have opportunity to work and to make money because if you want to help somebody, you usually need financial resources to that. And uh, third thing, it is actually fighting for my country in the informational army of Ukraine. We have this, like I think we will discuss it a little bit later. So regarding volunteering, I'm doing a lot of stuff little by little and due to today like technology era you actually can help a lot only like being online and you don't need actually physically be somewhere. So I'm trying to do everything little by little like based on the help which people need around me. So if someone needs any type of help for example to find the home to find the apartment if they came from other region, which right now are heated. So find a ride to another city, find a car to deliver something, pass the border. If anyone need food closes or they need, you know, to take a nap somewhere, you know, for, for a few days with the family in their way, for example, to another country. I try to help with everything I can. For example, my mom already six days in a row preparing food every day for the army and for people who came from another cities. My father helps to deliver humanitarian help from abroad, driving every day for both sides. I often help financially and buy different things that volunteer request for army and for citizen, which is in the hotspot. So I can say that 
every person right now in our country, every citizen are a small part of the big chain and everybody do what he can. You know, someone is cooking, someone buying stuff, someone is building the logistic and thinking about how to deliver everything to the hard rich places. Someone deliver it, someone hosting people from another cities, someone repair our invader's car and hand them over to our army back so we can use them for our own. Someone wave nets for the military. So everybody are trying to do something which will be helpful for everyone and nobody, you know, asking money for that and etc. So everybody just helping each other because we are fighting with the one enemy. We are all working for the one goal. And we very don't like when, for example, we have the situation when people are looking to rent apartment, for example, and uh, realtors starting to raise the price, you know, because he understands that people need houses. We really cut such kind of the things. So we write to our administration and our administration can give such people like bills because we should stay human. You know, we can't. For sure, in every country, we have some people which are not which are not good and trying to make money on on such a bad bad thing as war. So we try to keep all this information. So our army is doing very great. So our aim as the volunteers is to help to provide them everything what they need. Like it can be medicine, clothes, different uh, military stuff from the abroad, you know, and it is quite hard right now with the logistics to deliver everything. So everybody like trying to do wherever they can to help. And like I'm still working. So it's a very good opportunity that we are here have not such a dangerous situation that we are not always sitting on the bombshells. We have everything we need here in the west of Ukraine, so we can work, like make some money. And right now, 70% of our revenue, of revenue of the company, we give for the military. And also everybody personally give a big part of their like financials to the military. So right now, nobody care about himself. Everybody right now think about our armed forces, about people around us. So right now, that is this, the most important. Right now, not the time to make money for yourself. And so you did mention about the information army of Ukraine, right? And the war on truth. I'd love to know, like, you know, which tools, what type of resources you have, what type of help they're getting. I'm pretty sure that technology is a big player for both good and bad, I can imagine, right? You know, social platforms, media group. Yeah. So I am like a soldier of Information Army of Ukraine. So it is not some organized structure, you know, that is just all people around the Ukraine who are wanted to help and who have the internet, who are online, who are like IT related and can provide some like services. So for example, firstly, the initial aim was to fight against the propaganda of Russian government. We try to keep our people safe from this propaganda, from fake news, from not reliable information. For example, they can tell, like our government told us that we can't go out after 10 p.m. 
and they can share a fake news that our government changed the rules and we can go out at 8 p.m. You know, so two hours earlier. And it is like, like it is fake news which can make somebody hard. So our goal as an informational army is to filter, like filter all the news. For this, we are using uh, different social media channels. Main one is Twitter, Facebook, Telegram and Instagram. So that is one of the main social media which we are using. Every person are using different channels. So I can track like around, I'm tracking around like 10 different channels in different social media. And every person are checking some other channels. And it's really cool because we can control, you know, big amount of the information. And in case few people notice that something which is seems fake, we spread it around the world. So our our task is to spread the information and to filter it. The other things which we do, for example, our influencers and bloggers who have a big audience and especially who have big audience in Russia are trying to show them the real situation in Ukraine and open their eyes because propaganda is very drastical in Russia. They don't understand what's happening here. They think that it is special operation for saving Ukraine. And it is the most hardest, you know, to see how government are lying to their people. So we're trying to show them the real information or the real situation from the voice of our influencers, bloggers. Also, different creative companies create viral social media videos for different aims. Like one, to motivate our Ukrainians, you know, to not put hands down and like to, to fight. And someone also for targeted for the Russian auditory to show them the real situation. So they create viral social media videos, you know, like short one with the music and like with some art. That is like one thing. What we do else? We provide information to government about not reliable challenge with Russian propaganda information on channels where saboteurs share sensitive data about our military. So a lot of saboteurs are around of Ukraine in every region and they can share in different channels and groups information about like how our military are moving or where the soldiers are sleeping. So we try to find out these different type of the channels which are open. We never block them by ourselves. So we firstly share these resources to our government. They check them and then they can give us instruction to, to block them or not. Also, it is works vice versa. We help our army to find a data about the location of enemy equipment. So if people are living on the hotspots where a lot of action are going, so our community can ask us, like we know that it is goes from the military, so they ask us to give some information about location of some enemy equipment on exact like region, exact city, you know, and we can help them actually to fight because... You have a lot of people, like we are in Ukraine, we have like 40 millions of people and everybody are ready to help. So why not using them? It is your best video record, you know, system. 
So we can do everything to help our military to defeat the enemy and we share everything with the armed forces of Ukraine. Our people from IT organize hack attacks, so different DDoS of government website to slow them down. And we create a lot of new website, new application, different chatbots, which allow us to communicate more effectively or which allow us to share relevant information more effectively. From the side of these channels, we also receive a lot of useful information about how to survive. <laughs> like they try to educate us how to do things correctly. For example, how to confuse the enemy in your city, how to prepare Molotov cocktails, uh, where do you should throw this cocktail to stop the tank, educate how the military strategy work and how we can help army, for example, to block the road for vehicle which carrying fuel. You know, they usually go in this end line before the military equipment. So where is better to hide in the house from rockets? So they, we, every day we receive different instruction which helping us to fight and helping us to survive. Maybe for myself is not really I need information like, you know, how to go against the tank. But people who are living in the hotspot and where a lot of enemies, they should understand like how they can protect themselves. So it is very, very important. Interesting news, you know, in one Russian news, I have read such things that they told that we are a professional organization of hackers and media manipulators. And it was very funny as we, we are just regular people which even may not know each other, but which organize around one goal, destroy the enemy. We don't have an organized structure. We are decentralized like blockchain, you know. If you hit one chain, other will proceed to work. And here is, I think that it is one of our power and it is what allows us to fight such effectively and help to fight our army forces of Ukraine. Because Putin thought that he would go to war with Ukraine armed forces. But he is at war with the whole nation. Everybody are involved. No one are on the side. Everybody helping army, everybody helping people. So, and this is a core thing why we are doing right now so great defeating our country. So, you know, it's actually important to mention here that, you know, when talking about the information war, we are actually going to have, after Oksana participates, we're going to have a participation of a Russian. And she had to cancel with us because of this new law that was just implemented, that any Russian that, that spread information that their government considers fake news, anything that goes against Russia, they are actually going to jail. I, I believe it's like a 15-year in jail, so people are afraid to, to be talking. There's a, a lot of Russians that are against the war, and they have families there. There are a lot of people outside Russia. They're just getting the information absolutely controlled, so it's really, it's really a war for information. It's a war on truth, right? Yes, it is exactly. Many news channels in Russia was blocked. There was a few channels who really share real information, like the reliable one, which told about the things as it is, about reality, not just like paid Putin, you know, speakers. 
and right now they all was blocked no one of them are working so they right now trying to make i don't know some bubble around the russia so they have only information inside the russian and they didn't receive any information from outside and they can give any information you know like how it's worth 15 years for saying few words that you are not agreeing with something in 21 century my next topic which i wanted to discuss it is actually the attitude of the russian people and what we ukrainians think about it yeah so let, let's cover that so both russians and ukrainians they share not only history but both sides uh, share roots right which has been completely torn apart due to the war so What's your view of the Russians, like how, how they are dealing with this whole situation? First of all, what I should say is that, yes, we are, have the same roots. So we going from Slovians, like our cultures goes from there, as well as like Ukrainian, Russian and Belarus. So we have the same roots. But I must emphasize that we are all fully different nation. We have different cultures, we have different characters, we have different vision and different principles of the life. So we seem similar because we have the similar language and we, you know, geographic location, same roots, but it was far ago. We already for a long time independent countries, which already have their own nation, you know, like style, nation style, let's call it like this. So talking about what is our attitude to the Russian right now and what we think about all the situation. So Putin has been in power for 22 years already. Like there was like another president in, if I'm not mistaken, in 28 and 2012. So it was Medvedev, but Putin was staying behind, <laughs> behind him, you know, like it was still like the Putin in the power. And propaganda machine in Russia is very hard. Just imagine that you are Russian citizen and 22 years you are re listening the same thing on every channels talking about the same and who are trying to convince you and making you they kind of washing your brains you know for 22 years and it is very hard not to believe in it you know you like kind of live in a matrix and they don't have such thing as a human right to vote And the opportunity to express your opinion willingly has long been forgotten. And today it is even harder. If you say that you disagree with something, they will take you to the jail and charge you not feasible fines. So what we're trying to do from our side, from Ukrainians and our informational army, we are trying to explain Russian that their real enemy is their government not Ukraine, but propaganda built walls in their minds and they don't want to see the reality because the reality is scary, the reality is cruel, the reality is not fair. And it is easier to live in the fairy tales and think that your president is fighting with some aliens in Ukraine, you know, and not killing Ukrainians. So that is one part of Russians. And recent research, I know that uh, just yesterday they have some international uh, interviewer come to Russia and make surveys. And 77% of Russian 
agree with the action of their president. 77%. I just got to know it yesterday. Is it, but is it, is it reliable? Yeah, I was thinking about how reliable it is, but, you know, we know Russians and we really believe that it is can be true. We really believe that 77% can agree with the action which their president do. And when this interviewer was asking them about what you think about the sanction, they told, like, it is okay. We can live, like, just, you know, with everything Russian. <laughs> like, people, I don't know, they don't understand that economy don't work like this and you can't live isolated normally. You will just go go back. Like, you can't uh, grow. So that is why right now we are working a lot, you know, to break these walls in their minds and to show them that their president are liars, that the reality are different. Yes, it is harder to understand that you, 22 years, you was, you know, believing in this president, follow him, love him, and he doing such cruel thing. It is cruel reality. And because of that, psychologically, people build these walls, you know, and they just told, no, no. He fighting with neo-Nazists in Ukraine, you know, and like they really thinking like that. So, but this is the one part of uh, Russians. Another part clearly understood what happened. They understood the, who is really threatening their country, but they can't do nothing. For example, even talking about this, who should be in podcast after me, I think that she is like ready, you know, ready to talk. She understand like what happening in her country. I sure that she is smart and knowledgeable and he don't believe only in the in the Russian TV and see situation from different sides. But she can't talk because she will she can get to the jail. And it is awful, you know. I understand Russians that they are scared, that they are scared. Like, we want to force them to go out, you know. We want to motivate them to fight with their governments. Because right now, Ukrainians are fighting with their governments. You know, we're fighting with their enemy. People should understand that their government killing their country, killing their economy, and killing their people by hands of Ukrainians. And Ukrainians are fighting with this government. And for us is very offensive, you know, like this feeling that we are fighting, you know, for both of us. And they don't do nothing. Like, I can't say that they do completely nothing, but they can do more. I believe that there are, like, they can talk to this 77% and trying to explain them that, guys, reality are different, you know, because they are the same nation. They can explain each other. Russian will trust Russian rather than Russian will trust Ukrainian, you know, who are talking that reality are different. They can convince each other. They can make revolution. They can save their country. I think that this is what they should do. And we're trying to explain them this because every day of war, killing their country more and more. Because every day the new sanction appear. Every day some companies reject to work with the Russian country, with the Russian people. So the soonest they will stand up, you know, the soonest they will start fighting the better conditions they will have to recover the country. So, Otsena, um, and talking about the, the sanctions, uh, so what's your view regarding 
the international support Ukraine has been receiving. Besides, you know, the government side, the way companies and organizations and entrepreneurs and even regular people are getting involved worldwide, I've personally never heard of such a movement of so many sanctions, of so many corporations. And this is surely going to be reflecting to the whole world, right? Uh, this is not only affecting Russia, for sure, it's going to be a huge economic impact everywhere. What's your view of that? And the reason I'm asking is before we began the interview, I just read an article saying that all those sanctions, as much as they mean as a, a way you know, to pressure the government to stop the war, it could somehow backslash to a nationalism feelings on the Russian side. So seeing it all happening, seeing all the support, I'd love to get your take on that. So it's very, like, I'm very happy to see how the world supporting Ukraine and how everybody are fighting with us. And I understand why the people are doing this. I, I truly speaking, I didn't expect it. So when everything started, I was expecting that countries will support us because it is unjustified war, you know, and other countries should do something like government. But I didn't expect that such a big amount of people supporting us, like going out on their squares of the big cities. Every big city right now in the world are with our yellow blue flag, you know. Everybody are talking about that. Everybody are trying to fight. Everybody understand that it is not fair that human being, we can't be like that. And people understanding that, they understand that it can't be like this because if right now such happening with Ukraine, what will be next? What country can be next after that? I'm not talking that it can, like, the Russia can do this and start war in some other countries, but maybe some two countries, you know, some big one and small one, and they decide to start the war. How can we influence that? How can we stop this if right now we don't know how to do this? So I think that every person are feeling their inner responsibility for the situation and everybody want to influence in it. And I really feeling that the history happening right now, that is something that really will change how the economy of all the world are working. Because Russians are a very big player on the market. Like, I will not say that it is the biggest player, so, but it is still the player who are giving the seats, who are giving, you know, gas, who are giving fuel. And it influenced Europe, you know, the price for the fuel can become higher, you know, and I think that the people understand this. And that is something what I told about right now, it is not the time to think about money, because it will be hard for the some period, you know, yeah, economy will, will be shaking, some prices for some product will be raising, you know, but then we will use to have to work with it. We will create a new, a new tools. We will create a new processes. As I know, Germany have already started their own gas station, you know, to produce the gas for the Germany. So country are thinking how to live without the Russia, which is actually a very bad situation for the Russia. But it will change how the economy of working. And like, I don't know if it is good or bad. I can't set it, like what the influence will be in the long, long term. But I think that the authoritarian system of Russia should be stopped. 
like it can't proceed further world have to pay this price you know of a little shaking economy to stop this authoritarian system in Russia because they already they made it not only with Ukraine they already take the territory and kill the people in other countries in Georgia for example you know in Chechnya they make the war they killed people but then we wasn't such social you know we didn't have such influence social media you know we wasn't able to influence that much but right now we can we should show that human being are winning that country which starting unjustified war should pay the price like for for doing this and we should create a new mechanism so right now world all the government are trying to understand what the mechanism should be what the processes should be in order in the future prevent such thing as happened right now so because we goes to the world where we don't want war to be happening so we should learn how to do this yes right now we are like rabbits you know <laughs> on which someone can make experience but we are doing this we are we are ready to fight and support of all the world are very important to us because it is motivate very much and we didn't have such a lot of resources so yeah we are like strong country but still we are not economically the most stable country we still have like we are young country also and we really need world to support us so how are you currently feeling about your future and how are you feeling about your country's future i am confident in our victory because we are fighting for the truth you know we are fighting for the light so we are like in some movie you know we are a good guy and russian are a bad guy and i want to believe that the good guy are always winning and that we have like a good movie you know so russian victory is just impossible because they will not be able to control our people as i already told they fighting not with the government not with the army of ukraine they fighting with other nation we will not allow russia to control us never so this is we just have already too much of aggression about what they did with us and we don't like the system we don't like that people don't have the voice and we don't want to be the same so he will not be able to win the only question which care me is how long the russia will have the financial abilities to fight in the face of all these sanctions because we all understand that in order to keep the war you need money so we need russian to run out of the money so and why all the sanction was actually made in order to russia to run out of the money so the sooner the war is over the more lives will be saved and regarding economical and financial part of the thing i think that we will we will take care of it we are strong nation we are smart we are knowledgeable we are technological we will rebuild our country we just need this war to stop and then let us to do our work to rebuild in cover country to build something new beautiful and more powerful So Oksana, for anyone that is listening to us right now and would like to help somehow, what's your advice? You know, where to start? Any reliable resources you could share with us? 
Yeah, I think that I can share the link to the one website where we have all the different ways of how you can help the Ukraine. So there we have donation, military, humanitarian help, and uh, you can like talk to the government, you know, you can do a lot of things. We have one website where you can find all the information and it's also are on different languages translated. And uh, regarding the help, what I think are the most important for Ukraine right now, we are doing really great on the land. So we have the power to protect ourselves from enemy on the land, but we really need NATO to protect our sky. Talking about air forces, Russian have really strong air forces and they hit with rockets. So the most damaged, the most civil death was made by the rockets. So we really need NATO to protect our sky and just let us to do rest. We will do everything rest by ourselves. Please just close our sky in order our people was not hit with rockets because they told that they hit only military. Not. We see in the news already like 21 child was killed. Child. 116 child was injured. And I will not talk further about losing of the civil people, like older people and etc. Second thing why it is important, and actually this is the news which just happened today, why we also need to close the sky, because rockets are just destroying everything. Having a war in a territory that has 15 nuclear electric station is very dangerous. Furthermore, Russian military purposely tries to cause the nuclear disaster. Yesterday, the Russian occupiers attacked the largest nuclear power plant in Europe, which has six power units. So for you to understand, Chernobyl had only one power unit. This station has six. And because of their actions, because of their attacks and hits, we had fire on the station today morning at 4 a.m. Today, I was not sleeping today. I was checking news every minute because uh, our people who have to fight with the fire, they couldn't get inside to the station because there was Russian people who was hitting them with the weapons. And this, I don't understand they because, and this is about what all the world have to care about because during Chernobyl, 8,500,000 people received significant dose of radiation and 500,000 people died from radiation. If something will happen with this station, their radiation and influence will be 10 times bigger. This is a world disaster. We can't do this. So I'm not telling this to scare, you know, anybody. I just want to explain that the situation is very dangerous and it can be very dangerous for all the world. And right now we are really protecting because as we see, like, I can't tell this, but Putin getting crazy. Have such a lot of power in the hands of one person is very, very dangerous. So we don't know what his plan is. We don't know what he wants to do. But right now his Russian people are still on this nuclear station 
they still occupy this. They allowed us to take care about the fire, but they still are there. And we don't know how it will be next. We don't want this disaster to happen. So we really ask everybody to not stop supporting us. We want to take our land back. We want to protect ourselves, protect the world, take care about all our nuclear stations. Only what we ask, if you have the voice, if you have the influence on the government, influence people, please, we really need to close the sky and just leave the rest for us. Oksana, thank you so much for being here and for sharing this experience with us and this terrible, terrible, terrible thing that's going on. And we'll make sure we are posting the link on the podcast, on the social medias, on our websites. So anybody that would like to help can go to a reliable resource. And our prayers are with you. If you have any last words for our listeners, I'm going to leave the word with you. And thanks a lot again for taking part on Future Hacker Podcast. Yeah, thank you very much. I just want to say thank you to everybody who are listening to us. And thank you, world, for your support to Ukraine. We appreciate it and we will never forget it. Thank you. Future Hacker. Life. Path. Future.